Welcome back. Tom Johnston here with episode four of the Way of the Master podcast. And what I want to talk to you about today is the familial nature of Christian leadership. So it's about uh, leadership being based in the idea of the church being a family. Now, the commonality that we share as Christians is that we have the same father, that we have been adopted into the family of God through Jesus Christ. And all of our definition, kind of the organization of who we are, all relates to who our father is, and that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, that we are co-heirs with Christ, the divine son of God. And so uh, the relationships that we have are familial. They're of the family. Jesus points this out in Matthew 12, starting in verse 46, when he says, uh, it says this, while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hands towards his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So what he's pointing out here is that the commonality that we share is that we have the same father and we have that father by having uh, a common obedient relationship with him. That we are born anew into a family. And so understanding leadership uh, really um, is based on our understanding of the church as family and as community. And then it's the relationships, relationships that drive all this. In fact, even as you read the New Testament, you see Jesus referring to his disciples as children or my little children. And even though some of them were about his age and maybe even a few little older, that he saw himself as a spiritual parent to them, as the rabbi, he was teaching them, and he was relating to them not as uh, like infants or toddlers, although sometimes they kind of acted that way, but as, as uh, his spiritual children. Um, we see this where Peter, he kind of unpacks these family relationships and what they look like in the body and, and the natural family relationships and how the kingdom affects that. And he's speaking to all of them as um, a father would speak to his children. Likewise, the Apostle John uses the phrase following Jesus' uh, example, my little children. He repeats this uh, over and over in his letters. And actually in history, what's, what's recorded as his, his uh, last phrases were, my little children love one another. And, um, you know, that's all he was, he was so elderly, that's all he could say, and that's what he kept focusing on. And so he saw them as his children. The Apostle Paul uses that same kind of language when he talks to the church at Corinth. Uh, in First and Second Corinthians, he addresses them as a father, as a spiritual father to the church in Galatia. He says the same thing, that they are his little children. Um, he, the church in Thessalonica, same thing. He addresses them as his spiritual children. And of course, we know that Timothy was his true son in the faith. Titus, he addresses essentially the same way. And in the letter to Philemon, uh, Paul points out that Onesimus 
is um, is like a son to him, that he's become like a father to him as he negotiates the relationships between the two. And what's really interesting is that, you know, the spiritual family metaphor and actual reality here uh, is the primary construct for kingdom community. So in the West, we often think of church as being an organization, a nonprofit, an NGO. Uh, you know, it's got plans, it's got budgets, it's got programming. And while there are institutional and organizational aspects to the church, it is first and foremost a family, an extended family. And this is the imagery that we're given uh, in the New Testament. And you have to remember that whenever the New Testament speaks about church, um, other than when Christ speaks about it uh, specifically, all the other references to it in the New Testament are about local churches, local bodies of believers, uh, a local kingdom community. And it's the relational family roles within that community that are the structure of how people are to uh, relate and how to live things out. You know, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are spiritual mothers and fathers. We are uh, spiritual sons and daughters. Uh, of course, you know, sons and daughters of God, but also we are the spiritual sons and daughters of men and women who have shaped us in Christ. Uh, again, as the apostles uh, explained uh, throughout the writings of the New Testament, uh, we are uh, aunts and uncles uh, in the spirit very often. Uh, we apply those family, uh, family designations to um, people of significance and influence in our life who maybe aren't quite parents to us, but they are older in the Lord and, and have had an, an aunt or uncle-like uh, role with us. Now, it's in those relational roles that we find the basis and the essence of our spiritual authority. It's not essentially positional. It doesn't have to do with a title or a status. Uh, it is really about what's our place in the kingdom family in which we serve. So uh, Paul kind of explains this to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5, starting in verse 1. He says, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. And so, you know, obviously we know Timothy's a little bit younger. Paul writes about that. It's kind of been an issue in the past uh, for his self-identity and, and his focus. And so Paul kind of maps out, here's what it looks to lead, looks, here's what it looks like to lead in the context of a local church family. That you relate to each other as members of a family and not just kind of functionaries in an organization. That that it is about uh, a family that, of course, has a mission. I like to call it the family business, that God's family business is, is redemption and recreation. And so we partner with our Father and each other in the family business. So it's not that it's, it's just the modality of family, but we also have the sodality of task where we do mission together as a family. And that's why uh, we need to understand authority as functioning in those family roles. So, you know, the main metaphor, I think, in the New Testament for uh, spiritual leadership is 
that relational role of spiritual parent. And it's not a position, again, it's not a title, uh, but it is a, a role derived from relationship. And in cultures that are, that are more familial-driven, more um, tribal perhaps, they understand an identity according to family, they, they kind of get this more than we do in the West because we have, we have gone so far distant from understanding family and understanding church as family that it's lost its significance to us. I mean, even the title of elder, um, if you look at it in the New Testament, an elder is just an older member of the community who's wise, who's in our relational network, who's part of our family. He's part of the, you know, he's an elder in the clan or the tribe. And so, so even in a local church, it's elders are those people. I always say that are, they're already elding. You can tell who's an elder because they're already just loving and leading on people, uh, uh, leading people and caring for people, loving on them from the place of relationship with them. And now you might be thinking, well, that's only good for a small church. But to be honest with you, no, it's, it's true of any size church that, that leaders have to be in relationship with other people in order to lead. Now, in a larger church, a pastor may not know everybody. Our church is kind of getting to the place where I don't know the names of all the children and uh, new people coming in. It takes a while for me to get to know them. But somebody knows them, and I know whoever it is uh, that they, they have relationship with. So I have relationship with those that have relationship with them. So even as a church grows and kind of scales out size-wise, you can still function as family. You don't have to default to the organizational aspects. Um, you know, a lot of times in the church, we try to apply organizational systems theory to what we're doing. And, and organizational theory is useful, but really we need to think more about family systems theory, like how do families work and how do families work according to the scripture? Because if we did that, then we wouldn't try to lead them as an organization uh, alone. We try to lead them as a family. And again, I understand we have organizational aspects to us as, as a community. There's all those things that are real and are true, but the primary way to approach one another is from a family perspective. And so if we lead in the context of that family, um, you know, we have to uh, play out the roles that we have. Now, uh, we have to be received, though, in those roles by people. Because many people um, already relate to church organizationally, and specifically the pastor is kind of the, the professional, even if they're, they're not paid for it or they're bivocational, they're seen as the, the credentialed uh, authority that kind of presides over the functioning of the family. And while that's great for culture and organizational sense, it really isn't based in uh, any kind of relational or family dynamic that we see in the scripture. So having pastored for 30 years uh, in my area, the region that I'm part of in our denomination, you know, I've been referenced as one of our elders, you know, meaning that I've been around a while, people know me, I have a relationship with a lot, a lot, a lot of pastors uh, in our movement. And so I'm a resource as an older member of the clan within our tribe. And, and because I have relationship and through relationship, I'm a known quantity that, you know, people have been encouraged to access me in that way. 
um, in a local church. Uh, and now probably because I'm older, it's kind of easier for people to relate to me this way. But definitely people relate to me as a, a spiritual father. In fact, I have people who are older than me that say that they see me as a spiritual father. My wife is, as uh, my wife Kathy is a spiritual mother. But, but even for those who um, are not uh, affirming us that way, we, we need to respond to them in that way, in those, the context of those relationships. You know, in the scripture, Jesus says, if you receive a righteous man, you receive a righteous man's reward. If you receive a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. And, you know, I always wondered about that. So it's like, well, if you're, if you're nice to these guys, then you get the same reward as the prophet or you get the same reward as a righteous man. It's like, no, that's not the meaning. The meaning is, is when you receive someone, uh, let's say the righteous man, uh, you receive the gift of their character, of uh, their example. The prophet, you get the gift of their prophecy and their prophetic insight. And so what it is is when we receive one another in, in roles that we play, then the blessing that God has placed in that person can be released. And so when you receive someone as a spiritual mother or father, or as a spiritual brother or sister, uh, as, as a spiritual child, you can begin to function in those relationships and, and give life. But if someone doesn't receive you in that way, they, they really can't receive that from you. And, it, and that doesn't really develop because of uh, the relational dynamic that's needed for that to happen. So they might try to keep you in that positional authority place, uh, which is probably a, a safer place for them. Uh, and But honestly, then there's, there's less... Um, usually a less aptitude for them to respond to what you teach or what you say. So we have to be received by people in these roles. We can't demand it. Uh, Paul obviously had to struggle with the Corinthians and the Galatians uh, about these things, about his, his credibility as a spiritual father to them. And so, you know, not everybody's going to go there and not going to go there easily. Plus, we know that many people have wounds from family of origin and their, their view of a father or a mother might be kind of really messed up. And brothers and sisters, maybe they didn't have any. Maybe it was a bad dynamic for them. So in that, you know, we, we have to understand that there's a lot of factors that come into play as people enter body life and, and begin to approach um, the family dynamic of spiritual leadership. You know, the, the other thing is, is that as I've taught before, you know, leadership is influence. And so when you have small children, you know, you're, you're much more directive with them. As they grow, you help them, you lead them, you guide them into making decisions. And of course, we've already talked about that the, the term for leader in the New, New Testament is kind of the guide on the path. And so, you know, in, in, the, meta, in, 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 in the family metaphor, the family construct we're talking about, it's always the parents that are supposed to guide the children into the future. And, but what happens is as they grow up, while that person might still be their child, uh, let's say in a natural family, that, uh, that, that parent is always going to have that person as a, as a child until one of them dies. But, but in that, they, they treat each other differently. So um, someone treats their toddler different than they treat their adult child. And, and for someone who's in the age range to have adult children, even though we don't have any natural children of our own, uh, you have to relate to them much more uh, in mutuality. 
And so with that, you don't necessarily treat people like children, but you relate to them as your children, and you, you might treat them very much as adults, but you continue to lead and guide. It's how you do what you do in that relationship that is the key. Now, uh, I really want you to understand that we need to lead out of the place of these relationships. And if someone doesn't accept us in those relationships, it's actually hard to lead them. Uh, what normally those people kind of default to, again, is the positional authority, the titles, and how they view organization. But with this role of parenting comes a whole lot more responsibility for the well-being of people as opposed to just doing the functions of the organization and then kind of walking away. This family engagement requires uh, a real whole life submission uh, to the task of leading in the construct of family. So if, you, if you're a spiritual parent, you need to lovingly and, and, and uh, graciously care for your spiritual children. If you are a brother or a sister, then you need to learn how to receive leadership from your peers, from peer mentoring. Um, and if you're a spiritual child, you need to, to know how to hear what uh, your spiritual parents have to say. In fact, because of the, the breakdown in family, many people today need reparenting. They don't know what parents are or what parents do. They don't know how to be a son or how to be a daughter. And uh, because we, 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 we cause people to try to grow up so fast in our culture, exposing them to so many adult-level themes, even when they're young, they never actually mature uh, wholly into adulthood and, uh, because they've already been told they're, they're there by the exposure. So we have to find a way to walk with people and help them be spiritual sons and daughters as we lead them as spiritual sons and mothers, or uh, I'm sorry, as spiritual fathers, uh, um, and mothers lead their spiritual children. And uh, for those who are kind of more in peerage to where we're at in the Lord, we need to figure out how to walk together as brothers and sisters. Now, my question for you is, what's your place in God's family? How do you perceive it? because that is where your spiritual authority lies, is understanding your place in the kingdom community and understanding the roles that you play in people's lives. So if you're a pastor or some other kind of leader who holds a title, um, you know what? <laughs> People aren't necessarily gonna respect you uh, just because you have a title. They're not gonna listen to you. They're gonna they're gonna listen to to you. They're gonna follow you, you know, in Christ as you demonstrate love, uh, as a father, as a mother, as a brother, as a sister. And so I want to encourage you to consider your place in the body, and consider the family dynamics, and figure out who receives you in what way, and lead out of that place in relationship. Find the place that you're supposed to be in the body and play the relational roles in the family that God has placed you in. That's how you can effectively lead. That's how you can effectively bring influence and lead people out toward God's preferred future for them and for your church community. So again, prayerfully assess 
where God has placed you in the family and ask him to show you, Lord, how do I relate as uh, a member of a family and not just based on my position or title? So God bless and look forward to talking to you again in next week.